1 Corinthians chapter number 15, he said, I need for us to appreciate the components of the gospel. Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture. But then Paul would do something really interesting. He would say, listen, there are some witnesses for, for those who, who have a problem with resurrection, for those who may still struggle with resurrection, for those who may not necessarily believe in resurrection, I want you to know that Christ had witnesses at his resurrection. And so what I want to do this morning, just for a short space of time, I want to identify three key things about the resurrection. And I want to use three texts really quickly. I, I want, I'm going on the assumption that these texts, for the most part, are going to be familiar to us. Because I'll have you to know I don't have time to go through all the details of the texts. But I want us to look at very important things as we think about the resurrection, the value, and the power of it. You will recall in the book of John chapter number 11, we, we encountered there a situation and a scenario where Jesus Christ would have brought one of his closest friends. Are you guys hearing me? When Jesus would have brought, I just want to make sure if I need to change mics, just let me know. But I, I think I have a big enough mouth. But in, in John chapter number 11, Jesus has an encounter with one of his closest friends, Lazarus by name. And they send word to Jesus. And they say unto Jesus, they send a message to Jesus. Jesus, come quick because the one whom you love, your close friend and your companion, Lazarus, he is he is nigh, he is close to death. Jesus hearing this, he decides that this is for a specific purpose. I'm, I'm going to preach this John 11 text in a couple of weeks, so I, I'm not going to spend a lot of my time there. But, but the truth is, as you look at John chapter number 11, Jesus waits some time and he decides to wait long enough for Lazarus to have died and to have been buried for four days. So by the time Jesus decides to leave and go to Bethany, by the time he gets to Bethany, Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. Martha and Mary, his sisters, as they recognized Jesus, they would say to Jesus on different occasions, Lord, surely by now this man, my brother, your friend, he is stinking in his grave. In other words, that was the indicate. It wasn't some trick. That was to indicate that Lazarus was dead, dead. Say dead, dead. dead, dead. You know what dead, dead means? <laughs> dead, dead, dead means is not only is there no brain activity, there is no breath. Dead, dead means that not only is it has rigor mortis set in and the body is stiff, but, but now the body has begun to stink. Dead, dead means the body has begun to decay. Dead, dead means no doctor or no nurse physically could do anything about your situation. Dead, dead. Say one more time. Dead, dead. So when we look at John chapter number 11, here's the first thing I want us to see as you think about the beauty and the power of the resurrection. Jesus is showing and John records in John chapter number 11 that Jesus gives a preview of the resurrection. Say preview. And so as you think about what Jesus is going to do in the life and the person of Lazarus, Jesus is given a glimpse and a preview of what he can do and what he will do. Jesus had already raised a young girl 
who was sick and had fallen and, and, and had fallen dead. He already raised her up. So he already proved that he could raise somebody that was close who had just died. But now he waits for his friend. If, if there was any doubt whatsoever that Jesus had the power to raise the dead, he waits for Lazarus to start to stink. He waits for Lazarus to get dead, dead, to come to the tomb and to scream his name. Lazarus, he would say when he comes to the tomb, come forth. I know you've probably heard preachers of all say that Jesus was so powerful in this moment that had he not said Lazarus, we are dead. That's how powerful Jesus was and that's how powerful Jesus is. And so when you think about John chapter number 11, I hope you're seeing this, Jesus is the power he resurrection. Then we make our way to Luke chapter number 24. And if, if you don't mind, just come with me into Luke chapter number 24 because in as much as Jesus gives a preview, I want us to see the proclamation of the resurrection in Luke chapter number 24. Here is the proclamation. And as I use the term proclamation here, I want us to more or less think of it from the standpoint of a declaration. Jesus is declared, proclaimed as something as a result of his resurrection. In Luke chapter number 24, reading from verse number 1, here is how it would read. Now on the first day of the week, very early in that day or on that morning, they and certain other women with him came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Verse number three. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it appeared as they were greatly perplexed about this. And behold, that two men stood by them shining in white raiment or garments or clothes. And notice the statement. Notice the declaration, notice the proclamation that these men, these angels would have made concerning Jesus and his resurrected self. In verse number five it says, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they, speaking about the men, said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. When they left that morning to go to the graveside, they took spices and herbs because they knew at this point the body would have begun to decay and the body would have begun to smell just a little bit. So they took some spices and some herbs prepared to meet a person. In, they found nobody. Another account will record for us that what they found were grave clothes and nothing else. And the two angels, the two men, as it were, as, as Luke would record, standing there in shining raiment, makes a bold declaration concerning Jesus Christ. They say, Why do you search for the living? among the dead. Amen. 
Lord help me, I want to preach right here for a little bit. Because I need for us to see why it's an important statement regarding Jesus no longer being in the tomb. I need for us to understand what Jesus revealed as deity adorned flesh and walked among men. The living have no place, church, walking among the dead. But God is so powerful that even though we were dead in sin, God loved us so much, I hope you see this, that even though we were dead in sin, Christ came down as deity. He adorned flesh and walked among a tomb of living dead. But the scripture tells us the declaration is made at the tomb. So when we sing these songs, I, I serve a risen Savior. He's, he's in the world today. When we sing the song, God is The angels proclaim that, I hope you're getting this, the angels proclaim that, that he's not dead, he's risen. But then we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm almost done, believe it or not. And then we get to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want to bring your attention back here because this is going to be really good as we conclude our thoughts. The preview. Secondly, we saw the proclamation. But here I want us to see the purpose. First, we saw the preview. Secondly, we saw the proclamation. But now I want us to see the purpose. I'll pick up where Wilson left off in verse number 11 and 12. Verse number 11, let me go back there. Therefore, whether or they so we preach and so you believe. Now, if Christ has preached that he was and has been risen from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Listen to this. And if Christ is not risen, Paul concludes is, is empty. And not only is our preaching empty, it says if Christ is not this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 15. Yes. And we are found indeed as false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he actually did not raise if in fact the dead do not raise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is in vain. And you are yet 
in your slide, verse number 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep. He's talking about those who have already made their way into the grave. He says, and then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they have perished. For if in this life only we have When Christ prove his death. When Christ died, it was proof of God's love. For greater love had no man than this, that a man should lay down his life. You guys should be knows when Christ died, it proved God's love. his death. You guys with me now? Yeah. But it's his resurrection. It's his resurrection. It's his resurrection that proved that he is the son of God. I love how Paul puts it. And he is declared as the son of God in power as a result of the resurrection from the dead. Preview. That's, that's Lazarus. That's God Jesus being able to raise Lazarus from the dead dead. Then you have the proclamation. He is not dead, but he is a risen. But then you have the purpose. Church, I need for us to understand this. If, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, and you and I are still in our sins. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, and you and I, even though we are here, and we, we, are, we are claiming to praise God, and singing this song. If Christ really and truly did not raise, then everything we are doing here is in vain. If Christ is, ha, has not been risen, then we might as well take off our clothes and, and go and live however we want because it makes no sense to be following a dead person. Let me say this and I'll be done. Let me say this and I'll be done. We're living in a day and time. The, the more we are removed from the first century AD, the more we are removed from, from history, the, the more time goes on, it's the more skepticism that, that seeps in to, to human culture when it comes to Jesus Christ. It's interesting because even closer to his day and his time, roughly even like around uh, the, 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 sixth, the sixth century, 600 uh, AD, you had individuals who knew about the history. But yet still people wanted to deny the deity and, and, and the Messiahhood and, and, and the salvation, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so even today you would have some individuals when they mention the name Jesus, they will say things like, you know, God rest his soul. But I want you to know that Jesus, even though he might be resting, it's not because he is dead. But he's seated or standing at times at the right hand of God. So I appreciate this and I appreciate this well, church. 
when Christ rose from the grave, it wasn't only proof of his deity. It wasn't only proof that he was in fact and indeed the Son of God and God incarnated in the flesh. It was proof that he was going to do for you what he was able through the Spirit to do for himself. Amen. So there is a blessing in this life, and if you didn't know it, there is a blessing in the life that is to come. Notice what he said in John chapter 14. I need to be done in John chapter number 14. Let me come down. I need to be done. In John chapter number 14, he tells his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. He, he didn't go to the cross yet. He, he didn't go to the grave yet, but he knew what he was going to do. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house, there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. You know what he's saying? He says, I'm not a liar. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. Don't miss that. I'll come again. Don't miss that. I'll come again. Don't miss that. Because here's the last point. I said I was going to give three, but I'm going to give four. Here's the last point. In as much as we see the preview, in as much as we see the proclamation, in as much as we see the purpose, also I want us to appreciate the promise. Because here's the beauty. If the prophets declared that he was going to come and he came, if he said that he was going to die on the cross, be buried in a tomb for three days, but raised on the third day, So church, I want to, I want to encourage you. Church, I want to implore you. Eh? You want the Holy Spirit warm me up, really good. But I want to encourage you. If you are Christian here, keep living for Christ. I want to encourage you. If you are a believer here, keep living for Christ because you and I serve a risen Savior. Amen. And family, if, if you're here with us this morning and you're not yet a member of the body of Christ, I want to implore you, there's no better day to give your life to Jesus than today. Amen. I want to ask you, I'm going to ask my elders, we have several elders, they will make their way around the tent. I want to ask you, I want to implore you, wherever you are, if you need to give your life to Jesus, I'll be here to the front. We have all our elders. They will be on the outskirts. I want to implore you to make your way down or make your way around. I want to implore you, wherever you are in your life right now, to step forward and plead for God for forgiveness and ask and, 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 and come out with prayer. We will pray together. And whatever your prayer, I pray that God will grant your several requests. Because we've been blessed with a preview. We know the proclamation. He's not dead, right? He's risen. We know the purpose. Because if he had not raised from the dead, we would be people right now most miserable without hope. But also, let's never forget the promise. 